Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Food Worth Working. It's Wednesday, we are in February, and it's the third day of February, and it's also Black History Month. So, um, welcome. Again, Food Worth Forking, I'm your host, Laura Williams, and welcome. So, if this is your first time watching and listening, Food Worth Forking is all about food dating, and lifestyle. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you'll be able to get the notifications when a new episode is um, a new episode is up. And um, check us out on, on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. So I'm about to get started. Let's get into it. So if you were here last week, we had a really, really, really great week. Um, Last week was the first episode of the second season, which is really exciting for me. And um, and also just doing this live. And last week, we started the season with dating after 40. Is it is is dating after 40 is not a level level playing field or is it? And that was the question. Last week, we had the ladies here. We had a great conversation. And this week, we are here for part two. And we are here with the fellas, which is really exciting. And um, we're going to have a good time and um, some interesting conversation. So let's get into it. So if, um, let's see here, as we know, um, or you may not know, but depending on your experience. Um, dating is seemingly more diff- um, open possibly to new things or, or trying new things. Um, so we're here to talk about that in a little bit more. So we're going to get started. And first off, I'm going to bring in one of my guests. And one of my first guest is Dr. Kamal Grantham. And Dr. Grantham is the Associate Director for Clinical Sciences at the, at the Counseling Center at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, Champaign, Champaign, right? I think that's right. Um, he earned both an MA and PhD in clinical psychology from St. John's University and an MA in, psych, in counseling psychology from the State University of New York at Albany. Um, A former president of the New York Association of Black Psychologists, Dr. Grantham has been working in the field of mental health for over 25 years. He has been trained in both cognitive behavioral psychology and psychoanalysis, and he um, he specializes in Black men's mental health and overall wellness. Um, In his free time, Dr. Grantham enjoys spending time with his family and pursuing his passion for music via record collecting and DJing. So let's welcome Dr. Grantham. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. So where are you now? Are you, you're out, you're in Illinois? I am in Illinois. I'm in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Um, which is in the central part of Illinois. We're about two hours south of Chicago. Oh, okay. So is, so, you know, our little, you know, we got here, I'm in here in New York, you know, we got probably, at least here in Brooklyn, we probably got about 12 inches of snow a few days ago. 
how that's probably nothing for you. You know, um, the weather is not that bad out here. The thing to worry about out here is tornadoes. Oh. Um, but snow, there's like a less than an inch of snow on the ground right now. Wow. Well, that's nice. This is kind of, this is day, we're now into day three. And as you know, being in New York, day three is a really ugly, nasty day of snow. That's when you're I've like- been following hmm. that, yeah. It's like, you know what? Let's not go outside. Let's not walk in that. Um, I've been through some nasty snowstorms in New York myself, so. Yeah, it's like, mm, no, thank you. It's like it was pretty when it fell in that first day. This is day three and people are outside trying to shovel themselves, you know, move their cars. Not so nice. Mm -mm. Not so nice. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting ready to bring in my next guest. And my next guest is Marco, who is getting ready to retire from the military after serving 31 years this coming April. So we are going to welcome Marco. Hold on, Marco. Yes. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to Food Worth 40. Thank you so much for being here, for Thank participating. You. Being willing to share—that's a wonderful thing. So thank, thank you. For, thank you for having me. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, You're in Georgia. I am in Georgia. I'm 51 years of age as of today. Happy oh, wow. birthday! That's right. Happy birthday! Yes, yes. Happy I birthday! Um, a I, I claim to be foodier than you. In that. <laughs> I, I don't have a food limit. Uh, I, if you think about it, I, I've eaten the, in, the insects, the cats and dogs. My background is in food inspection, food. Um, I've done food um, anti-terrorism. Uh, food science is my um, last degree uh, I, I, through food anthropology. So that, that's my thing. So food is my thing. And I am a, a rice specialist. So, oh, okay. so what's a rice? We'll have to get into that. We have to get into what a, a rice yeah. specialist is. Rice specialist. Okay. Well, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And we have one more guest. And this is a new friend to the uh, Food Worth Forking family. So I thank you so much for being here, John Wiley, who is also at, is a, a man of service, who has been a police officer for 31 years. He's also um, a film um, producer. And so we are going to welcome John. Hey, hey John. Hey. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell everyone, tell us about you. Give us a little, little bit about uh, a little bit of your background. Okay, Perfect. a little bit of background about me. I've worked for the state of Ohio for 31 years. Um, like I said earlier, getting ready to retire probably uh, September of. Uh, oh, I'm eligible to retire September of 2023. Um, produced about 14 independent films. Uh, Multi award winning filmmaker. My last film won uh, eight awards around you know, around the nation, and that's just my love, my passion. That's what I hope to do once I actually retire. My photography, do photography, 
videography which I'm gonna be running my business full time instead of part time like I do now, but in the full time once I do retire and then just do what I love. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you for your service. Thank you both, Marco and John. Thank you both for your service. Um, so we're about to get into this thing here tonight. Wait, we have, oh, wait, hold on real quick. We have some birthday wishes. Happy birthday, Marco. Happy birthday. All right. Happy birthday. Birthday, my man. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, let's see here. We are about to get started. Okay. So, Doc, come out. I'm going to start with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start with you. So, this is where we are. Um, you know, if we find, or as I as well, find dating um, after 40 a little more challenging. It's different. And I think um, a lot of people um, have their own definition of what monogamy is. But could you give us the definition of just, I guess, just the definition of monogamy? Well, I'm sure with a lot of these things, there are multiple ways to define it. But essentially, monogamy is just kind of the agreement to stay with one with one partner whether it's uh, a marriage or a relationship, it's just sticking to have one part, one partner at a time. Okay. Okay. And when you when you've given advice to others, to other people or couples, do you um, do people tend to have their own definition? Do you find that people have their own definition of monogamy? It might be a little bit about what the actual definition is, but then you know, we all come up with our own. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think everybody um, has their own, you know, looks through life through their own lens and they have their own definitions. Um, and so I think one of the challenges that come up in relationships are um, expectations. And so, you know, everyone has their own kind of definitions in their head about what, you know, how things should be. Um, but not everyone holds the same views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, Marco. I believe that everyone knows what monogamy is, the mono, single, clarity, mm-hmm. the exclusivity of loyalty within that with you reach an agreement and say, this is who I want to be with and, and the continuity of, it, of which that which is, whatever. So once they reach that agreement, I, I think they know what it is. What happens afterward is different. It's just the, the the stepping over or not stepping over. But um, as a devout loyalist, whether it's friendship or relationships, I I truly do believe that people do know what it means. Mm-hmm. Whether they stick to it and their own in, internal beliefs, that's a different story. So um, I I really do believe people do know what mono means and exclusivity means. But uh, I, I don't think they stick to it. There, there's this culture of if if it's not working for me, I'm gonna step out instead of work either working it out or talking it out and saying, okay, this is not gonna work, and then continue from that. But mm-hmm. um, we're still in a bind where if it's not working out, that people are not willing to talk it out and see where it goes, and rather than reaching outwards of that which is monogamy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. John, any, any yeah. input? And as far as me, I kind of, I agree. Everybody knows what monogamy is. And 
the crazy thing about a lot of stuff is even in older ages, like I'm 53 and my circle of friends is maybe usually in the late 40s, mid to late 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. even old, older. It's crazy how people can still be victims of peer pressure because mm -hmm. even though you're in a relationship with that person and then he or she has that friend that's doing this or doing that and doing it. Some people can be weak-minded enough to go, hey, I want kind of what they're doing. So they start doing the same thing that they do. So it's kind of, it takes away that, that monogamy that you have in that relationship. Because I know people who, you know, are with somebody married or whatever, then they should know they're out doing their thing with somebody else or whatnot. And I can tell that it, it's appealing to somebody else. Right. And that person may be, have that peer pressure at this later age in life, which we usually think that peer pressure only affect those who are younger and more vulnerable and more gullible, but it affects people in their older age as well. Okay. So I think people need to just be able to do their own thing, speak on their own mind, and be truthful to that person that they're with, no matter what so-and-so is doing. Let them do what they do. You do what you Right. Do you feel do you do you think that's across the board for men and women, or do you think it's more? I mean, do you hear? Do you feel like it's just across the board, like like men do it just as much as women do, I or think blur those lines, or kind of coming up with their own, um, I guess I'll say definition or whatever is convenient for them or for that situation or for the situation. I really couldn't say what um, what I would say would be a percentage. Or whatever mm -hmm. I, just, I don't know. I've seen oh, yeah. odds, you know what I mean? So who does it more? I don't know, and I wouldn't even want to try to guess. But yeah. I just know people still do it. However, how many it is, and, you know, people still fall victim to peer pressure in later in later years where they normally wouldn't have done it, but because they saw so and so, male or female, they do it themselves. They do it again. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And um, Doc, even with with that, and then giving advice to um, giving advice on, maybe just even giving advice on relationships. Um, what are the two most common issues um, that you find couples or individuals struggle with in their relationships? Like those, those top two things that people are always complaining about or, or is the struggle? Um. And stuff to narrow down to, to two, you know, I, I also like to say I don't give people advice. I kind of share some, um, I make some suggestions or I like mm -hmm. to kind of look at other options and it's really for people to make decisions themselves. Um, because if they're looking for me to give them all the answers, then, you know, they're kind of, they're dependent on me. It's really about giving people the tools they need to make choices for themselves. Right. But but I would say a couple right. of big things that I've seen in relationships are expecta expectations. Um, I notice when people come into relationships, everyone has a different idea about how you're supposed to function in a relationship. Like there's no universal definition. And so everybody comes in with their own expectation about how things are gonna go. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, connected to that is communicate you know it sounds cliche but communication um a lot of people don't talk and communicate kind of what they're thinking and feeling and they expect the other person to read their mind or they expect the other person thinks the way they think or is going to do things the way they do things uh, and so i think they're connected too 
So, so I see those coming up a lot. And then of course, you know, people's life experiences, right? When you come into a relationship, you're bringing on. Mm-hmm. In, in the way of having a healthy relationship. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you find, do you think that it's, um, you think it's more difficult or do you find in even giving suggestions to people that it's, it's more challenging to, to communicate or to really talk about what you want as we mature, as we're older? Is it more, diff is it more difficult or do people have a harder time kind of hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Not that like actually doing it is more difficult, but just really, yeah. well, I guess maybe even just expressing themselves or, or maybe even wanting to, maybe that's it. You know, right, right now, the people I've been seeing a lot of are, you know, because I work in a university setting, I'm seeing a lot of young adults. And so they're kind of at this emerging stage of, of adulthood and trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, but I do think no matter how old someone is, in terms of listening, you know, I mean, someone needs to be open to to listening. You know, sometimes people will um, be really particular about what they want to think and they're not open to suggest, like no matter what you say and no matter how you present it, sometimes people hear what they, they want to hear. And so I think it's about being in that space where you're open and receptive to, to hearing new things and new ideas. True, true. Um, John, do you feel do you feel there's a, a shift in communication or do you feel like, well, you know, as we mature, it's better? Like, you know what? I know what I want. I know what it is. I can communicate that. Um, yeah, I think so, because somebody was just talking to me about, you know, me be, being engaged in later later life where you kind of more established and kind of know what you want mm -hmm. and kind of know where you're at. And then you kind of can have those conversations where you can, you can be on the same page because you you've already grown. And then now all you have to do with that person is grow together. You've grown as a person, but then now you can grow to get grow, grow together and it makes it from, from what this person is thinking or feeling that it, it can make the situation a lot easier. Okay. So, and and yes, now that, you know, bringing up that you are engaged. Are you, I can't remember. Are you newly engaged? I mean, um, like. Well, we've been engaged for now just a, about a year or so. Okay, so that's new. That's very. And and so being at this point in your life, did you? How did? Yes, sorry, because I said congratulations before, but I'm not trying to pass by that. So yes, congratulations. Yeah. Um, how did you prioritize what was important to you? Um. In, in your in your and just like because you know people ask that question of um, how did you know which one which kind of I don't know puts makes it all like light and fluffy and fantasy like fantasize a little bit about that moment but there was the before that so yeah. what was important for you basically it was just you know uh, you know I, I guess I guess sometimes I think about. Uh, all the things I've been through in life, all the rough relationships, all the manipulators, all the, you know, girls that was just wild that I kind of dated, then I found out later that they were. And then, you know, prayed on it and, and wanted somebody 
that you know I know I could trust. I know they will be there. I know I have my they will have my back and, mm-hmm. and everything. And then she came on the set of one of my movies when I was doing my auditions, and she just basically just kind of was there. And then as we got to know each other and we kind of got to hanging out and stuff like that, I, I started noticing that it's not about you know always who you think is going to be the right person, but that right person might appear when you least expect it. And she surely mm-hmm. did. And then she knows she's there, and we just, you know, we've been together for about five years or so. We don't right. argue about anything. We we we're on the same page about a lot of stuff. And, and I said, you know what? If I'm going to spend the rest of my life with somebody, I want it to be somebody where I can have a solid foundation with like this. And hopefully, we have a really good chance of, you know, living our living our best lives to the fullest. And you know, and just kind of going going. So it was just basically that feeling of this is a person that my prayers answered and I got that person that I prayed for that would be my partner as mm-hmm. well as my friend and somebody who talked to just I could talk to just about anything and she knows she can do the same thing. Did you ha- did you have a list or there any things that were like deal was there a deal breaker or anything that you're like, you know what, this this is what I want as I move forward in in looking for the person that's perfect for me or right for me? No, actually I didn't. I really wasn't looking. I was just that guy that I was enjoying my life the way it was. And I was truly content, you know, with me, you know. And mm-hmm. if somebody came along at, you know, at, at let's say, what was I about? 40, in my late 40s or so. Yeah. And if somebody came along, fine. But I was got to the point where I was really content. But, you know, I had already told myself if I did get married, these are the qualities that I want. Just, just the qualities I expressed a little earlier. That person that can be, you know, on my team. That person I can trust. I can person that, you know, I can be on their team. That person that we can just kind of grow together. And then I would do it. But I really wasn't looking. So I didn't have a list. I really wasn't looking for anything. I really wasn't looking at all. She disappeared. And, uh, you know, the, the one, one of the most wonderful things that she said made me just kind of go wow was we were we were sitting down with some with some friends just hanging out and one of our friends he looked at her he said uh, he said so how'd you guys meet and she told him and uh and then he said oh, okay so he saw you and he couldn't he couldn't live without you and she turned to look to him and said no i couldn't live without him oh nice and i said oh i said so that right there shows me that this is a woman who is who's down for me because i've had those ones that you know Really, you you can really tell aren't in your corner, aren't in your team. But then mm-hmm. I get that one. That, that was what my prayer was to have that person, whether or not I was ready to get married or not. That's the type of person I would want if I did get married. So here she is. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Very nice. So, Doc, with with kind of talking about that when you when you're when you give advice and you're talking to people are people really asking you the questions or coming to you with their issues or struggles to really do the work or are they coming to you because they want you to agree with them do you find that they're like you know i'm just looking for somebody to agree with me so that i can say i'm right i've, I've had both <laughs> sometimes i've had people come see me who are like so here's the problem I'm having, and I'm right, right, and this and this other person is wrong, right? I need you to agree with me. Uh, and then other times I see people where, you know, 
they're coming for another issue. But as you're talking about it, you can kind of see where, um, you know, they're having issues around relationships, whether it's romantic relationships or friendships. So sometimes it's kind of um, some a prop, something that's indirect. Um, but yes, I've, I've had both. I've definitely had some memorable moments where people just insisted I uh, agree with them and and that the other person was wrong. Um, and that's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> I kind of let them know, like, hey, if you're looking for somebody just to kind of do that, I'm, I'm not the person. But. True. And it's about the work. And that's when you know that you're ready if you really want to, if you're willing to put willing and will and do put the work in. Put the work in. So, so Marco, so you are, you are single. I am and I'm, I'm this and I'm I am the not engaged John and I'm not <laughs> married Dr. Grantham, my old friend. And I I fit the over 40 and single people totally. And, and that's okay. So what oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I I wrote down two things, space and okay. time. And, and I'm wondering how the engaged guy versus the marriage guy are handling space and time. I've always found that timing is of the essence. The whole she wants to get married now, but you're not totally sure on our timing as men and women tend to be a little different. And then when you get into that space whereby you want to hang out with your boys or you just wanted some silence. And I, and I know some married friends of mine in the, in, in the past have called me up and says, uh, I don't, I'm not sure he can stand in there and no phone and no internet, nothing. And just be quiet. What was that about? Like, it's just, I value my silence. I live in the woods by myself, by, by the way. So I really value my silence and my time alone and just absor absor absorption. So, so, yeah, sometimes I, I wonder about John's and, and Kamal's and how, how do you Because I, I know I need some attention, and it's harder because, um, Laura, in, in our years of 40s and 50s, you're finding the single mom now. You, you guys don't have that problem right now or issue or thing that comes up. But there's a lot of single moms. And my issue now is my personal attention versus my personal space. So yes, I value my space, but another end of that is that when do I get some attention? Because now you have children, baby daddy, your personal time, and then our time. So that's four different breakdowns. I, I, that's a lot for me as, as a consummate bachelor. And my child is 26. We travel together and do stuff, so that's on us. But attention-wise, it's a little difficult. It, it, it's a lot difficult. So I, sometimes I wish there was a dating site for just women who are not in a situation where they have to be with their kids all the time or there's a baby daddy situation, just older women with no kids or something like that. Well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's <laughs> sites out there or, uh, or groups. Or no, Marco, I'm I'm on that same kind of page okay. as you because it's like my son my son just turned thirty two, uh, the twenty first of January. Yeah, my son turned turned thirty two. Thanks. 
And, you know, I have not lived with a woman. Cause I told, I, I told my fiance, I said, I don't, I said, I've never been married. So I want to do it right. So I don't want to live together, shack up, do all these things, play like we're married until we're married. I said, when you move in or when we get a place together, that's when you'll have the same last name as me. So, but so how just real quick, it's like I have lived with my ex fiance's ex girlfriends. I like it. I actually really like it, but I've never been yeah. that big. Yeah. I've, I've lived with women before, and that's the reason why I knew I didn't want to do it again because that was just a girlfriend boyfriend relationship type of thing. So I said to myself, you know, after doing that numerous times, the next time I do it, I want to be married. So now, you know, it's like I've been, the last time I've uh, lived with a woman was in my 30s. So I've had a long stretch of just being by myself, which I enjoy my free time. I enjoy being by myself. I enjoy my space. And I even told, I even told her, I said, hey, look, my, my studio in the house is my space. I don't want you going in there. It can look like a wreck. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to do nothing, but just stay out of it. I said, but then also, I do like to travel. I do like to take trips myself. I do like to go to workshops, and I do like to go. And I don't want to feel like that I'm in jail to where every time I go, you got to go with me, you know, because I want to feel like I still have me, but then I also have you, and we have us. And if you want to go on a trip with your girlfriends, by all means, go ahead. But I want to be in that relationship where it's us. We have a good time, but I, I can sit in the house and do my thing, by myself and be comfortable, but I know that my life is going to change because she's going to come in. But then I, I don't want to change so drastically to where I feel like I'm in jail. So we've had these conversations. So I think that uh, we hopefully are on the same page to where we can, we can grow together. We can both have our space because she likes to shoot pool. She's She runs a pool league. I like to let her just do her thing and I can do my thing. And then we can just come back together as one woman. That makes sense. And that's good. And I think that's also where, you know, as we are older, as we mature, and because, you know, we come with stuff, either we come, we acquired wealth, or like you've talked, we've, you're talking, we're talking about you have children, or whatever it is that you're bringing to the table, but you've also, you know, you've lived your life. And how do you bring that? together with someone and, and definitely, and not lose yourself versus, I think, you know, maybe if I've gotten married in my twenties that we, you know, that would have been a different story and then reinventing and then finding myself later possibly. But I think that's, I, I think that's a, uh, a great point because I think a lot of people feel that way. And it is that thing, do I really want to do that? Yeah. What kind of partnership is it? What are we really going to do? Is it going to shift? Is it going to change after we get married or after, you know, four years or five years from now? What's it going to be like? Right. And I think it's great. Too. It's very important to communicate. And it sounds like you're saying, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. I'm not you know, sugarcoating anything. I'm not trying to play games. And if you are for this, and this road and this journey that I'm on, then let's go. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of what I was saying about ex, you know expectations and communication, right? I think you know, John, what you said—that's a perfect example. Where you're like, listen, this this is 
this is how I roll. This is how I want it to be. And you all had that that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think some people have expectations. They come into relationships with expectations. If we're taking a trip, we all going. And if there's no conversation about that, that's where that's where there starts to be problems. Um, right. So, so I think that's a, a great example. You gotta have those conversations, and a lot a lot of people don't don't have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do I do notice that I've always heard you know when I was in my younger years of oh people get set in their ways and people get set in their ways and it's true because I totally got set in my ways and you know bringing somebody in is going to be a new challenge for me you know and so I know that once we started doing things and and getting together and every time we take a trip she you know she was wanting to go go with me I know that there's going to be those times in which I want to do something else so we had to have those. Those conversations, um, I, and I'll probably continue to have those conversations with her, just so make sure we're on that same page. That it just didn't get lost in the sauce somewhere, where you never said that or whatever, you know. So I just want to make sure that, you know, she knows where I'm at, you know, because she's been married before, I haven't, and I'm nervous as I don't know what. But uh, you know, hey, it's it's it's, it's coming. So that's what I'm gonna do. It's great. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Marco, I was you. You kind of touched on the question that I was going to ask you earlier, um, just about um, just how are you? You know, I guess it's kind of like the expectation. But how are you meeting people now? That's that was this one part. But then, are you happy with what you're finding, and how does that need to shift for you? So during pandemic, I'm doing the same thing I did, not pandemic. Okay. And the reason being, and what I'm doing is predominantly online. And I prefer online to in person. And I am not a shy guy. Uh, Kamal may be able to contest to that, but I'm not a shy guy. I'll approach um, faster than the best of them. but I find that depending on the website and the online dating, some websites allow for more disclosure of who you are. Others is just pictures and here's a smile. And yeah. I try to, and, and it, it's nice. It's, it's, it's almost flattering. It's not flattering as it used to be, but it's almost flattering now for somebody to select your picture and say, hey, nice profile. But you know definitely that they're just looking at the picture. A lot of people don't look at the profiles and mm-hmm. a lot of people are superficial. I, I went through my profile with a woman uh, about a month ago. We I looked at the male profile. She looked at the female profiles just to have a comparison. Yeah. And um, what she saw is what I expected men to do, to do the bare chest and men to try to big themselves up. But she was so surprised to see what the women were doing. And a lot of women would do the filters. And a, a, a lot of women speak the same language. So their profiles almost look identical. Mm. So sometimes you, you are looking for that different woman. You're looking for someone who stands up. You're not looking for someone who's just a... And and I, I think and sometimes we... I think John said it earlier, the stereotypes or the uh, peer pressure of 
gender where you hear certain things and that's what you go by. And a lot of women do peer pressure each other into, oh, yeah, this man is this way. And if you see this things. But as far as men, and I'm sure you guys are not on it, right? Um, <laughs> the dating sites, it, it, I, I have no understanding why a woman would be on a dating site with a filter, dog ears and and stuff that don't show who they really are on top of makeup for that matter so now um if you if i have a guilty pleasure of watching married at first sight and after they get married one of the first things the women typically ask is i hope he still likes the way i look after i take off my makeup mm -hmm. and to to the detriment of men it's like why should we have to wonder at all times what you look like without your makeup this is what we look like at, at all times Right. What was that? Um, I was, I was I woke up like this, and I'm always like this. So it's what you get. So to, for us, it's like what you gonna look like next, <laughs> and what do you really look like? And we and I go through that on dating sites to the um, point where sometimes you're like, okay, that's a transgender man, or <laughs> it, it may sound derogatory or pejorative, but that that's what it looks like. Like if if you over makeup, so that happens. So. It's a little hard. It's a little hard. Um, so the filtering out of who's who and what's what is a little hard at times. Okay. Of, of seeing them. And then I've had the catfish situation where she does, it's just clearly it's not the picture I saw on the dating site. And I've had women ask me, do I look like my pictures? If you have to ask a man, do I look like my pictures? You already know. You. <laughs> think that you like everybody's yeah. been catfished a little bit. Probably sounds yeah. like. Right. What's funny is uh, when you say that, I have a friend of mine. I've never dated her or nothing like that, but um, her normal look is not her makeup look. And when you see her normal look, you know she, I'm not trying to be mean or whatever, but she's not the most attractive woman in the world. But then when she puts in these green or light blue contacts, this full makeup and doing all this other stuff, she looks like a totally different person. But then I ran into her one day, um, you know, I think she was visiting a friend or something, and I didn't even realize it was her because she oh, wow. looked like what she really looks like. But she's, but I've never been on a dating site. I can just go by her Facebook pictures. I've just, just never had that, had, had that need to ever go on a dating site, but her Facebook pictures, people, uh, a guy would just go, wow, she is incredible. But then when you see what she really looks like, she takes out the green contacts and the, and the heavy makeup and all this other stuff, you would see a totally different person. So I know exactly what this brother's talking about. Wow. I'm always surprised, and I, I don't know why, but I'm always surprised to hear these stories about what um, women are out here doing and like a complete almost like you're saying like a completely different person I'm like who do people really do that yeah this girl you wouldn't recognize her at all right you wouldn't recognize her and, and and John you're totally correct and like I said my female friend decided and I got on a dating site and she said you know what I've never seen a woman's version of promoting themselves on a dating site so she went or oh, a man's version and she looked at mine and as the 
profiles popped up. She was just, wait, wait, what the hell? No, you're, you're kidding. Why, why did, what, wait. And she's going through them. And as she's going through them, she's like, I've heard these stories, but this is the first time I'm getting this firsthand. Why are women doing these? They're with their... And, and the thing is, and I wrote rules. There's pamphlets out there on what you should not do on dating sites and dating in, in general. You shouldn't put your children. You shouldn't put your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Some of your girlfriends look better than you. Mm -hmm. um, your ex-boyfriends, your father. Nobody knows who those people are. The whole point of a dating profile is to show you and showcase you, not everybody around you, just you. Right. And right. a lot of people don't get that. Uh, I'm not sure if men do that because I'm not a man. Men thing, do that. Women. Men, men do that. And there's a whole that? crew. There'll be a whole crew, crew in a photo, yeah. and you have to figure out well, who, who, who is John? Which one is which one of y'all is John? Yeah. So it happens. It happens. I've definitely been through those profiles where I've been through the happens. whole photo shoot. And I don't know which one is the actual person who's who's on the wow. profile. Yeah. yeah. Or really old photos. And you can tell. You know, you could I'm like, well, well, when was this? 17? Like, stop playing games. Mm. Yeah. It happens on both sides. It does. Mm. Mm. And it's a it's Why? a weed out. It's a weed out. You just gotta um you just have to keep going. And I think if um, if dating sites are, you know, if that's what's happening, you have to put yourself in more, you know, more than one and just, you know, keep going, but be clear about what it is that, you know, you're looking for and what you want. Um, and as we all know, and continue to live your life because there's still a lot of fun to be had as we, you know, are out here and exploring and um, finding the one, I guess we'll say the one for you. Right. Yeah. This was good, guys. This was great. Y'all like, okay. Yeah, I'm done now. <laughs> well, I want to add to the only single guy here. I non-single guys. Um, one of my P's being now in my 50s, over 40, but 50s. Um, there, there's still that school of take care of me. What can you do for me? Give mm -hmm. me, pay for me. And in my 40s, I feel out of the whole pursuit phase of I want to be in a relationship and this should be good but I get to a point where okay I said hi I took you out now what where 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 do we figure out the we is there a we are you even interested in a we and you you get to know not all the time I mean abusers and people who want free dinners are good at their acting and the Oscars should be given out accordingly mm -hmm. but they're out there and you're 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 stuck in a mold of this is what i do and i, and I was <laughs> talking to my daughter who's now 26 and i said as a 50 year old man i've dated since i was before 20 but i'm taking it from 20 to 30. if i spent 20 dollars a year on a date that's six thousand dollars 
There's no man in their right mind who's only spent $20,000 a year in those 30 years. So by the time you're 50, you spent anywhere from $20 to $100 plus a year. So the roundabouts is actually $75,000 to $100,000 a year to have a woman be interested in you. That's mind blowing to me. That's 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 catastrophic to me. Okay. On a monetary level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You, Kamal, John, how do you feel about this? I, that's to me, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's really refreshing when you get that person that you meet, and you know they're interested in you. You're interested in them, and you take them out. And being at the age of we're all you know, older, you know, a little bit older, more setting, you know, more settled and things like that, where you have your income, I have my income, you know, I don't mind doing anything in the world for you. But then you can also make that person, that guy feel special too by saying, hey, I got this one or whatever. And, you know, and then you can come together and just like, just like me and my fiance do, we go, we can do a lot more because I have an income too. And it's not going to always just rely on your income because right. you can only do so much because of the fact that if you have to pay for everything, you're going to get tired of that, you know, even though you don't mind doing it, or you might have your money set aside for other bills, but I can go, okay, on this weekend, I can do this. So we can be doing something every week and it's not really breaking the bank for either one of us. And it just makes, makes both people feel like I'm, you know, I'm cared about because she don't mind picking up this for me. I don't mind picking up for her. And we just come together with it. Yeah, I mean, Marco, when you break when you break it down, like financially, you know, how much how much it costs when someone is going on these dates. I mean, that's definitely eye opening. Um, it, it's been a while since since I've been out there. Uh, I've been married for um, it'll be uh, eighteen. years this year so you know going out on dates was definitely difficult because i didn't really have much money uh, and i think again i keep bringing it back to expectations you know when you go on dates what are the expectations and so i think a lot of times the expectation is for is for men to to pay for everything and so having having the, again having the conversations about how y'all want to do it is it okay that that you you know you all take turns and you pay for your own and I'll pay for my own um, I think those are important conversations to have but I think in our society there are just so many unspoken rules and expectations about how certain people are supposed to behave in relationships and 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 on dates and even going back to what you're saying about women, I think there's this expectation for women to look a, a certain way and maybe not so much for men. You know, the amount of money and time that that some women put into, um, you know, makeup and hair, which is nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. But I think, again, just in terms of ex expectations that society puts on um, men and women definitely plays a role. Yeah. I have there's some comments here where some oh wait something oh he dropped he dropped oh he dropped he'll be we back lost Marco yeah 
Um, but we have some comments here that um, someone says, get creative. So we totally can get creative with, with the dates. Um, you can um, date on a budget though. I've had walks in the park, et cetera. You don't have to spend money. And I think that's true. And I think one good thing, and I said this last week about, um, uh, you know, this, you know, dating now and um, one good thing, I guess I'll say one good thing that COVID has done is forcing people to have conversations because we're not so quick to go and meet for cocktails or so quick to um, meet someone. It's kind of forcing us, even, you know, even on these dating sites, it's forcing you to, at least I think, forcing you to have conversations, to talk, get to know the person. And after a couple of conversations, you'll know if you want to, if you want to possibly even take it to a, what do you call that? FaceTime or even, you know, or see them or see them in person because now it's, there's more, more work goes into meeting someone in person than it has before, which then maybe that, puts you on pause to say, okay, let me make sure I'm about what I say I'm about and what I want. And then let's go out and let me put myself out there. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Well, I, you know, listen, I want to thank you guys for being here tonight. Hopefully Marco will come back in. Um, Cause I think he probably may have lost signal. But um, if you want to hang around, we're going to go through the rest of the show and go to the rest of the segments. You're more than welcome to participate and be my co-host. How about that? All right. I think I may have to cut out because I'm dealing with a little medical issues, so I need to just relax for a little bit. But uh, That's fine. That's fine. I, listen, I appreciate you being here tonight. I appreciate you sharing. Congratulations. And um, hopefully we'll see you real soon on one of the next um, topics coming up where we bring the ladies and the men together. Hopefully you're able to participate in that because we would love to have you. Um, but take care of yourself. I see you representing Ohio State. I see oh, you representing the You big came from You were like, oh, if I'm going to be seen, I'm putting on my Ohio State. Oh, every, everywhere I go, when I go on vacation, I'm repping my Buckeyes. That is I'm 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 wearing my buckets everywhere I go. That is, <laughs> my brother is the same way. He's like about his buckeyes. So I was like, I'll see you with your Ohio State Buckeye shirt on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. In my opinion, the best team in the world. We should uh, have right. one of all, but you know, Bama was a very good team this year, so we didn't make it. So but I'm proud of my boys. But yeah, for the next championship. So. Yeah, we're gonna talk about next next time because they that was a hard one. I know uh, that was a hard pill to swallow. But they've been but they've been doing really well. Oh yeah. My thing was we had never beat Clemson all the way back to the, the Earl Bruce day, not, not Woody the Woody Hayes days. And when Woody Hayes punched the Clemson player, we had never beat Clemson. And last year they cheated us like crazy. And we should have won, we should have won that game last year because they cheated us. But this year, there was no question of who won. So that was my national championship. So whether we beat Bama or not, nobody's beating Bama this year. Not us, not Clemson, not anybody else. Bama was just too good for anybody to beat. So, hey, we played our best and we came up short, but I'm proud of them because we finally got that got that monkey off our back, which was 
Clemson. Well, I'm sure that they'll make up for it next year. I'm hoping so. So. I'm hoping so. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Good to meet you, John. Good to meet you too, sir. All right. You guys take care. All right. All right. Later. And I think Marco is back here. Yeah. Yes. I was waiting. You're back for a little bit. (laughs) Okay. No problem. So we're gonna we're going to get into the next segment. Are you are you able to hang around for a little bit? As long as you want. Oh, I'm at your disposal. Well, all right, let's, let's, get it, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hey. All right. So, everybody. And listen, let me look at some of these comments. Anybody have any questions? Oh, um, I, I can't see the comments, so I don't know what people are saying. Yeah. Okay. Someone said, I feel very strongly that dating sites are more frequently used for getting some and more apropos for the youngins. Just saying. Um, I mean, I think certain, I think certain sites are, I definitely think certain sites are like that, but, um, with anything, if it's something that you want and it's another way of meeting people, cause I think just for, for everyone, it's just, you know, socializing is different. Um, it's a little more challenging, but it's definitely challenging right now. We, we've had a full, basically come, you know, in March, will be at a full year of, of, you know, dealing with COVID and quarantining. And I believe we're going to go through most of this year, if not all of it. So it's, it's shifting. And so it is about, at least for me, like, what do you want? And if it's what you want, then how, you know, how does that work? I don't think there's a lot of gray area for me. Um, Let's see here. Marco, you missed this one, but someone said you can date on a budget. They've, um, I've had walks in the park, et cetera. Um, you don't have to spend money. And I think that's, you know, that's true. Okay. Uh, um, I, I will tell you from experience, that person who said that is a woman. And I, and I think some men will say that at times, but predominantly I'll, I'll probably say 90% of the time that is a woman. And I do date on a budget. And I think as I get older, I date on a budget more often than not. And their version of date on a budget is, okay, um, we met and there was an attraction, blah, blah, blah. Now take me on a real date. (laughs) And I think the age of real dates are numbered. And I, I went to a cousin of mine's baby shower several years ago, um, three years ago, and her single girlfriends, as being the only single guy there, cornered me. We got to ask you some single women questions. And the first question that I've heard across the board, not just that group, was, why aren't men taking women out to dinner anymore? Women like dinners. I said, because you're not worth it. We've gotten to a point where you went from these are our rights and we're, we should make these monies and ignored the fact that this came from, that chivalry came from a point of economics, not point of rights or entitlements. And although we're in a time that we point out entitlements and what rights are and privileges that 
a double standard exists whereby who cares what the, the rights and privileges and double standards are? We want this. So in, in the realm of dating, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go for coffee first time. Now you like me. Now nah, I want that $300 dinner, that $200 dinner that spend money on me now you're interested on me prove it that eventually you'll you'll pay for the wedding my day um i, I just had this conversation earlier with someone uh, another woman and i said um and i've heard this from women too there there really is at a point where if you're not having to try children besides companionship no point for a man to be with a woman there's nothing in a relationship that I can fathom. I love women. I love sex. I love the companionship at times. But I, and I, and I would love a monogamous relationship. But I would love it on a. We're both in it together partnership. But I, it's, it's rare to find that person to say, "No, you're the man. You do this." I mean, even my sister, when I get to her house, was like, "Fix this. I left that for you." Go do this. I'm like, what would you do without me without it? Well, I'll do it myself. Why hire somebody? Yeah, but you waited. Now there's six things to do, but you only waited because I'm the man. So there's this double standard of I don't want to be effeminized and, and, and downgraded. However, when you come to my house, you're taking out the garbage and you're cutting this PVC pipe that I was going to hire somebody to do and changing that. 16 and a half foot ceiling light bulbs, etc., etc. And for them, it's like, well, so what? I don't know what the problem is. I, you know, <laughs> Marco, I'm, I don't know who you've gone out with, brother. I just, I'm so stuck in that question. I'm so, I know you sent me some questions before. I've heard this question since I can remember. And I remember the sister years ago, who was with a group of us, and other women said, oh, who are you dating? Where you meeting these women at? Blah, blah, blah. And the woman said, I'm going to tell y'all right out. You have never dated your sisters. You have never dated your mom, your aunties, your cousins, whoever. You have never dated these other women. And these are your girls. You've never dated your girls. And until you've dated your girls, what you're thinking of might not happen. It's just a man thought. It's just your thought because most of the men ain't lying. What's going on? Women do these things, and these girls oh, they know, I'm, and they know like, okay, I've never dated my girl to say that she will come with me with this story, but I don't know his story. I don't yeah, know. I don't, his story. I don't think that I'm not saying that it hasn't happened or that it that that it hasn't happened or that it doesn't happen. But I also think that when you find yourself, and just from my own experience, because I was like, I, I, I was sitting here, I'm listening, I'm like, I don't know anybody who would do that stuff. I, I mean, I just don't, but that's so me. I, but, so I introduce you that it's not that you don't know who would do that. You don't know who has done that or would do that in the aspect of you have not dated them. They may have done it. Your girls, your best friend may have done it. But they're never going to tell you that because they want to put themselves in a position where they are always in the correct. No one's going to put it, – it's very rare. Like, I'll tell somebody in a second, I fucked up. This is what I did. I know I did this. I, I'm going to therapy. 
I would apologize for it. I messed up. There is very few incidences where I can find where a woman, and I may be biased about it, th that will say to her girls, I fucked up. I've seen some women do it, but overall, no. No, most women would not tell their girls, I messed up. He's gay. There's something wrong with him. Nothing is ever wrong with the woman, even if it's wrong with the woman. Something is wrong. No, with I don't him. think that's true. I don't. I, I don't think that's true. But what I will say about that is, um, when you find yourself in, um, you know, in in a situation or in something like that, where you're like, is this what you're asking for? I what think. As far as um, you're talking about the expensive dinners or what you are, are doing this for me or that for me, then there's a moment when you can say, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to do that. You just you just don't do it. I, I agree. Um, I agree. And continue As an older man now, although I make more money and I'm getting disability and I'm Getting another funds, whatever, whatever. Um, I, I have learned to know that as as far as my worth is, I've worked for what I have. And to the point where someone will come in and be like, just because you are a woman, you deserve to be treated as such as per my earnings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I get it. You want to be treated a certain why a certain way. I get it, cool. But you're not just gonna come in and be like, let me get this your monies based on just being my gender. Yeah, I don't know. Doc, what do you think? And then after that, we're going to, we need to get into the rest of the segment. How can we wrap this up? <laughs> With another glass of wine, clearly. <laughs> I don't see it. Normally, normally I have a, um, a, a, a uh, a drinking segment, a bubbly segment, because I'm all about bubbles, and I I don't have a beverage tonight. I'm like I just Laura, have water, Laura. and I need so, something else. After. My bottom line is, and I, and I preach the the, the preach of Marco relationship is that I I need to feel that we're going into a we relationship, not a me relationship or a relationship of rehashed other things of what you think relationship should be. We should go into a, 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 a us, a we relationship. What are we looking for us? I know you come with some things and I come with some things. What do we meet in the middle and say, this is what we want and what we compromise on, whatever. But I, I just find that a lot of times it's a relationship of rehashing what it is that other women want or should have, not the personal what does she want? It's 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 a lot of times what the other women want, not even what she wants. And when it gets down to what you want, it may work out a little better once you figure out the we, the us, the team. And once you start thinking team versus just me, what do I come with? He better have this or I have this. He better have this. But a, a lot of times I don't find that there's a we. A, a lot of people are not looking, looking for the team. They're looking for take care of me. And I'm saying, and I and I know within our circles, I've known you for a while. Even with the our circles, I've had women approach me on, you're about to, you're retiring or you're in the military, you have benefits, and I'm a good woman. What's up? And come with nothing. Like that's no. how that that's just the line. That's how it is. That's how they come across. That's how. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. They, 
Well, yes. I, I think you have to change your circle. That's our and circle. But if you find in, if you continue to find the same, um, I think the same. Agree. I agree. Over I agree. And over I agree. again, there's a, there's a shift that needs to happen so that I agree. you can say, this is who I am. This is what I want. I agree. Does that work for you? And in that moment is, no, it doesn't. Or oh, maybe. And you can explore it and you see if it if that is true. And then if not, you're like, thank you. It's been great getting to know you. But I agree. I'm, I'm throwing the towel in. Or I'm walking I agree. Away. It's been great. I agree. I mean, We're going to talk about blonde, too. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Doc, you have any words? And you have any? I mean, I'm just chiming. I mean, I think I think Marco's experiences are valid. I mean, these are things that have actually happened to him and he's experienced. So yeah, I want to validate that. But I think you know, I would just be careful about making the generalizations about what all women are about. And I think to your point, Laura, the circles, right? And so you know, if people are stepping to you for these financial needs. Perhaps these are people financially that aren't that aren't stable, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe if there was someone you were talking to that maybe was more financial well off, financially well off, and wasn't concerned about that, um, maybe that would be that would be less of an issue. Um, but it definitely sounds like there's there's a theme, perhaps, um, and and I think it makes sense too, as you're getting older, and then you're starting to realize, like, hey benefits and um, financial security. These are things that are starting to be more appointment, more important as you're in your 40s and 50s um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. 60s. This this is this is and talking about retiring. You know, this is all when you're in your 20s, you're not even thinking about at least I wasn't you're not even thinking about that stuff. And so, yeah. you know, it might also yeah. just be this stage of life that people are in and they're really thinking about like, wow, I'm uh, is he frozen? Okay. okay. So, yeah, I think for some people that's in, that's in the forefront, and maybe that's something that they're that they're really anxious about or concerned about. Um, I'm going into psychologist talk here, but you know, maybe on a on another level. Those people that are putting that out in the front, maybe that's something they're anxious about. It's just their own kind of future and, and stability. Um, and, you know, looking for someone else to fulfill that. I don't know if that's the, if that's the answer. But do, do you think that there's still people out there? Um, I'll be specific and say, do you think that there's um, women out there that still are looking to be taken care of? Yeah, I, I, I think I wouldn't say all all women. I would say sure. I think there's probably men and women out there that are looking for someone to take care of them. Um, I always tease my my wife. I wish um, she makes more money than I do. I want to be a stay at home dad. I want her to make more money, and I could just go to the. Uh, I don't know. I could be doing yoga and and all that other stuff. It's it's kind of it's kind of a, a little running joke. That and, and, and growing the garden and and building stuff. Yes, I want to do that. I'm, I want to. I'm okay. I'm okay doing all that. Um. So who who doesn't want to be taken care of? 
Um, I think it's the well, I think well, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm we're talking about well, say again, Laura. Sorry. I think it's also, to what degree? I think there's the assumption that someone is looking for, quote unquote, the gold digger, but everybody wants to be taken care of. We all do. We all, you do. No, you, I don't. I don't. I don't. don't, I've, never, don't wanna, I've never wanted someone to take care of me. But I said, but it depends on to what degree we're talking about right. taking care of. It doesn't necessarily mean, um, financial or, but you may want someone to be there for you emotionally or. I don't, I don't consider that being taken care of. Like to me, taking care of means that they are providing a need that you are dependent on. And I've never really been dependent on a lot of things. I've been on my own since I was 16. So for me, it's like taking care of is, is a foreign entity to the point where some people were like dependent and that's that's what taking care of means to me is being a dependent on a lot of aspects, and I've never been a dependent since I was sixteen, maybe fifteen and a half, sixteen. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that's not my reality. Okay. So so for my so someone who comes into my life that that's their need, and that's their want, and that's their thing. It's unattractive. Got it. And 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 I've, I've been approached on. Uh, I, I'm a good woman. I'm loyal. However, I have no 401k. I've never really worked and paid taxes or you have benefits. And the whole thing is the transference of your benefits to them. So for me, it's like that. there's no balance of what we get, we came to do life. Not that I know that because I don't know their whole life, but if mm-hmm. you come at me like that, I'm like, you're, you're, you're not offering anything other than I am a woman that's a value, which is a value. However, I, I've dated multi-millionaire women too at the same time. And they've never asked that because they don't have that need. It's different right. needs. So... I mean, that that sounds one-dimensional. If someone's just like, hey, I need you for your benefits and your money, that's problematic on, on so you know, on so many levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with what, I think what you were saying earlier too, Mark, I think relationship, it's a weakness. It, it's give and take. It, it, it can't be one-directional. It's got to be that you're, you know, it's a, it's a partnership um, and that everyone is bringing something to the table. And so I think if you're meeting people that are like, I'm not bringing anything to the table and they're expecting the other party to bring everything to the table that I think that's problematic from the beginning. No, I'm not saying I'm bringing everything to the table. I, I'm not a <laughs> universalist. I can't provide everything for every female that comes my way. Um, but I, I don't feel inadequate in that aspect. But, um, and, and, and you know what? let me take that back. Some, and sometimes I do feel inadequate in that aspect. Um, but to be approach with take care of me is different than what do we each have to offer and, and take it from there. So, Well, we are going, we are going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to have a hat. We're clearly going to have to have part two. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, but this is great. It's great conversation. It's good. There are great points. 
And um, listen, we're still out here trying to figure it out. Hmm, it's good. But in the meantime, we're going to figure out if we're going to smash or pass on a, uh -oh. few, um, on a few food items here. All right. Sometimes this seems this seems to be. I think this is the favorite of folks, and I'm going to tell you what I have found this week. So this week, this is a short little video, and when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know. Until the end, until the end, and I was like, maybe, just maybe. You're watching Chef Club. Follow our account for more ideas. Okay, I am not a hot dog person at all, not. But when she wrapped it in the cheese, I was kind. Of, I, I'm. I was kind of like I might. I just put out a couple of things, but that's an idea. No, it looks like a lot of a lot of steps. Yeah, there was a lot of steps in there. There were. Let's see what folks around here. Saying. I would try it for sure. Jason, no. Jason says no. Really? I'm surprised at you, Jason. The fact that I'm even considering it. We have some passes out here. Some hard, um, some hard passes. Hard pass. Yeah. Laura. Like, no pass. Laura. It's not, this is my motto. I'm going to put it up again. Where is it? Where is it? <sighs> That's that's we don't know that yet. We don't know that. We yet. know that. I know that. I know this is fact. I am foodier than you. Yeah, but we got a lot of past. Create now. That's not very nice. Creatively disgusting. <laughs> I mean, Creatively really? disgusting. So, Laura, one of the things I liked about your vlog, and I, and I've, I went back and watched some more of the videos, is, is the inclusion of. Of, of just food in, in, in general, but um, and and your exploration. I love food, food exploration, and I travel enough, and I am foodier than most people. I teach food etymology, food anthropology, etc. Especially when I did that in the military, and um, I love saying I come from the school of Boudin, in, in that if you put some mud cake and some insects and some I don't know, vermin guts. It'd probably be delicious and be spicy, right? I've eaten cats and dogs and insects. I'll travel the world and eat armadillos and you name it, I will eat it. So okay. when people say this don't go with that, uh, uh, it, it's cultural. 
it is, um, I mean, a uh, hundred years ago, one of the first things I introduced with my classes is that in the United States, 85% of white people never ate chicken a hundred years ago. Chicken was introduced to the mass populace of United States in the in the uh, 1930s, more specifically 1933 with uh, Roosevelt with uh, a chicken in every pot. Prior to that, only black people mostly ate chicken and watermelon for that. There was, there was an underground food market of black folk during slavery where mm -hmm. white people just let it go because they didn't eat that quote-unquote crap shit nigger food all it was nigger food and crap and shit to include lobster uh, i think there's um 13 or 14 other foods in the united states that are big commodities now sushi a bunch of other things whether it's chinese or other that are now big foods that are delicacies that are high end that they considered um less than themselves and the markets went up because those things were able to be cultivated faster cheaper yet now it's like a big deal. Fried chicken is a big deal now. And soul food is a big deal. Yeah. Because those things are easier to make. Those are the crap food. Those are the throwouts. Those are those are the things. But um, people took them, black people specifically, to be big things. And then they figured out like marijuana now to commoditize certain things and tax them. So now they're making it a big deal in the corporate world. And now here we are saying, no, oh, no, that food sucks. I would never eat that. Oh, yes, you would. <laughs> oh, well, yes, clearly you would. someone took it upon themselves, as we're talking about chicken, to incorporate in chicken into this lovely cocktail. This is a, um, what? This, this is sweet and sour chicken toddy. Yeah. yeah. So it's chicken broth. It's chicken broth. Pineapple syrup and gin. Uh -huh. Got it. I've made it at home. It is. Um, I like it. It's it's delicious. It's um. <laughs> you laugh at it, but I have the ingredients. I I don't have any gin left, but I always have chicken broth in the house to make a soup or something. But yeah, thank you for that reference. And I I love food. I I mean, like I said, I, if you put it in front of me. I won't even ask you what it is until afterwards, just so I can enjoy what it feels like and taste like, um, texture, flavor, seasoning. Well, we have um, folks, that, folks are like, I'm not eating mud cakes, bro. They're like, okay. On the on the hot toddy, they're like, no. I'm getting a lot of passes today. No, what? Never I would try it. I would definitely try it. Never considering, never even considering Ooh, yeah. it. Foodier than you, foodier than you. Pass. So most of the people who consider themselves foodie, so like any other things, food trends, and when well, a trend comes up, and, and if you live to be 80 years old, you probably try a lot more foods, but right now we're, we're in that 100-year set of trending foods. And once a trend, um, look up, if you will, uh, I'm part of the food marketing industry, FMI, dot com or dot org for the last 15, 16 years. And you look up the etymology of kale and gluten and the marketing aspects of those things. And I mean, when when I came up and they put gluten-free water and I laugh at people who said now that they're allergic to gluten and it really does nothing. It, it's an emulsifier, it's a protein, whatever. Um, there, there's tons of things out there that's just a matter of marketing that um People just succumb to. I, I love being foodie. Uh, I'm a food guy. Uh, I've done food anti-terrorism, anti food um, 
anthropology. I am a food guru, if you want, if you will. Hopefully hopefully you'll like this next. Well, you'll probably like this next one. At least you might try. I'm always interested. So, okay, people. I'm afraid to tell y'all because y'all are like, no. So this is, hold on before y'all. This is biscuits and Cajun gravy with caramelized onions and smoked Gouda. It looks delicious. It looks delicious. Absolutely. I might. I, I might. I might go ahead and. I might go ahead. Yeah. Why not? I, think I, I was waiting smash. for you to say something like. I was waiting for you to say right, there like right. insects what, or something what, in there that looked good. I mean. I'm a big Gouda fan. I've had this before. I do love Gouda. Do you love Gouda? Um, I, yeah, I love, I love Gouda. Cheese. Smoke Gouda. Yeah. Bacon Gouda. I've inspected all the baby bells, laughing cows. I've been to the factories. Um, I've done all the uh, inspections throughout Europe, <laughs> Netherlands, Switzerland, throughout the United States, East, uh, Western uh, France. I've been to all their factories. This is delicious. I, I love that recipe. I'll make it in a second. Um, love we have, it. We have some Gouda lovers here. We have someone's like, nope, I don't like cheese. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but we have we have this one. I got a couple of I got a couple of smashes. But okay, so this last this last smash or pass is also my delicious bites moment of the day because I just felt like it needed to be in both categories. This was something that I found, I came across and I was like, oh my gosh, I am going to try to make this. And there are a lot of steps and it looks difficult from what I read, but it looks absolutely amazing. Like amazing to me. What's in it? Okay, so here we go. Hold on, hold on. We have here, where are we? This is called, which I thought the name is very interesting. It's called Cookie Dough Billionaire Bar. So we have a layer of creamy edible cookie dough with chocolate chips, buttery shortbread, Mm. rich chocolate ganache, Mm. and homemade salted caramel sauce. I'm like, I'm about this all day because I love shortbread. Um, not so crazy about ganache, but I try it because the recipe looks absolutely amazing. And I'm like, yeah. So this is like a delicious bites moment. And it is a smash or trash. And I'm about smashing. I'm about smashing. Smash. Smash. Smash it. Smash. Entire smash. Right? Smash. Right? We got there's, some no, there's no such that. Wow. You have me a shortbread. You know that shortbread is. I'm about the shortbread. Yes. I'm all about the orgasm, and that is an orgasm. It Whew. is. It is. Whew. Much capable. Applaud, Laura Williams. Applaud. I try. I try. Yeah. Smash Ooh. that. Right, listen, okay. delish. Delish. That's like a, like a free whole house. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> You're hilarious. You're hilarious. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So where can I find this, please? Well, this recipe I came across like online and you can find it on probably you'll find it on Pinterest. This is a Pinterest one, guys. So mm -hmm. check it out. It's a good one. It's a, that one's a good one. And then just a funny, you know, we I love that um, Bernie Sanders has just taken has been well one very lighthearted about all the memes of him and has taken that to the next level and was like y'all y'all want to play well let me do this let me go ahead and make mm -hmm. these shirts and let me make these sweatshirts and i'm gonna sell them all for 45 dollars each and i'm gonna take all that money and do, donate it to meals on wheels love that because meals on wheels mm -hmm. is one of my favorite um organizations and um so i love that but then i didn't see this I did not see this meme. And when I came across it, I was like, I got to share it because I thought it was so funny. So yeah. <laughs> it's him and, and the Colonel, him and Colonel Sanders. And I just, I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and, and I didn't know. I was like, what? What in the world? And for those who are asking for Steve, folks are like, what's the recipe? I know. I know. I'm going to send you all that billionaire bar. I'm going to put it up on the, um, I'm going to put it in the comments later. I'm going to put Please it out. Do. Please do. But I love, for one, I love Bernie, but I just, I just thought that was funny. That was hilarious. Inside little joke thing. You know, it's just me. It's kind of my little corny moment. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're coming to the end. I have one more thing to come, you know, as we come to the end of this episode, I always end it with a sensual food fact. Something I found and I'm like, just in case, just in case people, just in case. So let's get to it. And we're going to talk about almonds. Almonds, almonds, almonds. So what's in almonds that's going to put lead in your pencil? <laughs> well, 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 well. You see, these nutrient-packed tree nuts contain an amino acid called arginine, which arginine um, helps relax blood vessels and promotes healthy circulation. You might have, um, you might have heard it discuss, um, it's, you might have heard it discussed in conjunction with heart health, but don't forget without good circulation, you can't have a healthy sex life. That's why this benefit of almonds is so important to men. Another, another one of the benefits of almonds specifically to men is that almonds are high in zinc. Zinc is a necessity. It's necessary. It's a necessary nutrient for testosterone production. So, you know, I'm just saying Although testosterone is a key hormone for men and women, we know that the impact of low testosterone on men can be um, drastic and include erectile dysfunction. And this is by Amy Riley from Eat Something Sexy. So just in case, <laughs> almonds in hand, almonds in hand. Little almond joy. Uh, hey, hey, there you go. Let's go. I know Bernie was Bernie was funny. Bernie was funny. So almonds. I didn't know about I didn't know about almonds, but almonds. 
So listen, I want to thank you both and thank John for being here this evening. Um, we have come to the end of the podcast. And uh, listen, I just want to thank you for being here. It's been great, great conversation. Um, we have another conversation coming up in a couple of weeks where the ladies and men get together and we have a conver another conversation. So I'm looking forward to that and hopefully you both can join us. It'll be good. Yes, that's going to be interesting. It's going. It is going to be interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. But it's going to be fun. You know, it's all about you know. Take it. Listen, we're all out here trying to learn and live better lives, and, or live, I guess, both the best life possible, which I think is a great thing because we're here, and that's what I believe we're here for—to take advantage and live the best life we possibly can. Um, and when we're in that space, some of the stuff that happens around us is not so, at least for me, I just don't take it so personal or take it in. It's like, okay, that is, and I can choose to have a choice to walk away and say, that's not for me, but let me get over here and stay in this lane to figure out what's for me. And I'm really, really much about that. So if you have not subscribed to Food Worth Forking, please do subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that little bell in the corner so that um, you'll get the notifications. Uh, you can find Food Worth Forking on SoundCloud in any of your favorite podcasting outlets on Facebook, IG, Twitter. Um, I am at Food Worth Forking. So um you guys hang out in the background there for a moment. Let me make sure I've gotten all my... Yes, subscribe, subscribe. Um, I think I've gotten all, all that stuff in. Again, thank you so very much for um, for being here. So Thanks for having me, Laura. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. This I have fun. This is great. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And until we eat again, make it food worth working. Good night.